NBA Strayer, how are you going? Oh yeah, bro. Pretty good, eh? Thursday, June 23, all day. The NBA Finals are done. The season's finished. It's literally the off season. But my lord, it's getting hot. It's going off. Woo! Because that's right. We've got trades and most importantly, it's draft time. So let's go. I love it. That's right, I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes, uh, for whomstever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff. Here in Larry Armour Studios, in the hoodie. Got to be cold, forgot the heater. <laughs> anyway, uh, and today is the day before Dyson Daniels gets drafted in the NBA. Exciting times. Uh, we also got a Jeremy, Jeremiah, Grant trade, Portland, snag him for not the number seven pick. Uh, we've got a mock draft today, a.k.a. where Jimmy reckons blokes should go based on very little. <laughs> I love my my mock draft. Like last year we smashed it, but um, like year in, year out, I've got like zero fucking clue. We've also got five interesting trades I want to see before the draft. Uh, we've got King Jimmy's best draft bets, and we've got a few year nars for you. So let's get stuck into it, shall we? This is NBA Australia episode 838. I'm going to finish it off with a deli review of Kenobi as well. Good times. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shack attack. Uh, you better, especially if you're Shaq's son. Enjoy that. He's like, oh, man, you should have stayed at school. You're not going to get drafted. Gumble bird. <laughs> Good stuff, Shaq. Anytime you can dunk on your own son for uh, obviously not being a number one pick when you were, I mean, why wouldn't you do it? Uh, right, let's get stuck into today's show, the way we start every show here in NBA Show with the Daily Whip Around. And it is a chockers day today. Chockers. There is a lot going on. Obviously, it's t- less than 24 hours out from the draft. Uh, maneuvering. Have you tried spelling maneuvering lately? Best of luck to you. Anyway, big piece. Jeremy, Jeremiah, Grant is off to Portland. That's right, for a 2025 Milwaukee pick. Uh, so Portland don't even give up the number seven pick this year for Jeremy, Jeremiah, Grant. Uh, there's a second swap and two other seconds going out. So uh, Portland had a $20.8 million trade exception from the CJ McCollum trade. So he sort of slides into there. Uh, he's eligible to sign a four-year $112 million extension after the trade's Dunskies. So he'll be on a $20 million uh, salary this year. Uh, but the pick that is going out via Milwaukee is predicted one through four. But at the same time, it's 2025 and it's Milwaukee. Provided that, you know, Giannis, Giroux, and Chris Middleton are all actually still on Milwaukee, and they are contracted to be so. Yeah, I think they'll. Uh, that's pretty late in the game, isn't it? Um, basically, they also get a swap of 2022 second rounders. This is uh, this draft, obviously. So Detroit gets 36 for 46, which is neat. Uh, Detroit also get a 2025 second rounder back from Portland, which is pretty cool. I love it when you trade something and then you trade with the team again. It's like, we have that one back. Thanks, bros. Cheesy. Cheesy. Uh, Portland also send a 2026 second rounder from Portland and New Orleans to Detroit. So 
all kind of uh, in the wash. You're like, well, that's kind of neat. Portland just got Jeremy Grant for fucking sweet dick all. Then you also have that like sort of voice in the back of your head going, yeah, bro, but they also traded all their other guys for sweet fuck all themselves, the idiots. Yeah, you got CJ McCollum. Uh, he goes off. You get Josh Hatt and fuck all else. You send Norm Powell and Bobby Covington off to uh, the Clippers, get fuck all else in return. So Portland feels like they're just uh, talking about moving the chains. <laughs> Jesus. Just spinning the wheel. Hey, Dave, look over here. Some stuff's happening. Dave, look over here. The stuff's opening over here now. Hey, Dave, just sign this extension and say you love us kind of vibes. Portland are also after the OG Ananobi, uh, which is pretty neat. He's obviously in Portland. Uh, not on Portland. Uh, on Toronto at the moment. And uh, the talks are like, yeah, for number seven, can we have the OG Ananobi, please? And uh, Portland are kind of like, nah, we're good. And everyone else is like, oh. Well, that's pretty weird. All right. 24-year-old wing who's only gotten better year in, year out. <laughs> kind of love it. Uh, bit of a strange one, though, because it's sort of uh, Portland trying to get younger. The number seven for OG. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, look, in this draft, the number seven pick is far from a sure thing. Unless you get Dyson Daniels, bro. Uh, whereas the OG sort of just, he fits. He fits on every team in the NBA. Talk about a plug-and-play dude. That's what the OG Ananobi is. And uh, look, Portland are kind of like, yeah, Dame, seriously, man, look at all this stuff that we're doing. And if you end up with a team that's Nurk, Jeremy Grant, Jeremiah, uh, OG Ananobi and Dame with Anthony Simons, you're like, ah, oh, it's kind of cool. How far is it really getting you? You know, just saying. I feel like, you know, you keep seven, swing for the fences. Uh, but there's just going to be a lot of shit going on, I think, in the next, you know, day or two. Either way, we'll see what happens with Portland. John Collins, that's a tall cocktail. He is just like, do you reckon that dude's already packed up his house? Like, the amount of fucking trade talks he's in. He's like, yeah, I booked the van like a month ago. Like two months. When did their season finish? Two months ago. Yeah, I've just, the house is packed. I just need a direction to point it in. <laughs> <laughs> Point the uh, van and away we go. Um, I did love that Bleacher Report. Oh, well, the Spurs and Hawks have talked about a John Collins for DeJunte Murray trade. And the Spurs like, the fuck we did. <laughs> I mean, when you say disgust, I love that. It's like Atlanta called up San Antonio and went, hey, what about John Collins for DeJunte Murray? And the discussion went, ah, <laughs> fuck off. Click. Uh, that is technically a discussion. Uh, the Spurs are apparently asking for a Drew Holiday-like package for DeJounte Murray, and so they should. He's one of the best defensive guards in the NBA. Can light it up. A nightly triple-double threat. The dude's a weapon. And, like, there's no way you're trading DeJounte Murray for John Collins. That's a title cocktail. Because as good as John Collins is, without DeJounte Murray, what's the fucking point? That's a win-now move. And you're not going to win now. <laughs> so, whatever. So, if they do get a shit ton of assets in return for Jujunte, maybe they move off him. But at the same time, he's like the only sort of star vibing dude on that Spurs team at the moment. Uh, but it'd be interesting. Like, there's also other sort of talks about John Collins and uh, Sacramento, which is like John Collins is about the most Sacramento player ever. Oh, he's a rangy big. He's got a bit. He could shoot it a little bit. And he does some other stuff. 
but he's a bit of a tweeter. We're not entirely sure how good he is. Sacramento are like, hello. <laughs> we'll take him. Harrison Barnes is uh, one of the you know names being floated out for that. Who knows? Look, the tricky part is, like, John Collins and, like, number 16, which is Atlanta's pick in this draft, I mean, that's not enough, really, to go get. Is it enough for number four if you're Sacramento? Maybe you get another player? I don't know. It's tricky, isn't it? Because if you're Sacramento, you're like, well, we've got number four. We could just pick Jaden Harvey. Uh, <laughs> the other one. <laughs> Jaden Ivey. And we're good. You know, we'll put him next to Davion Mitchell. We'll maybe trade Diaz of Fox. We'll see how we go. Or you get a big, like John Collins, who can do a bit of little fun stuff next to Demata Sabonis. Do you trust John Collins' defense enough? I don't know. But either way, lots of fun movement there. John Collins on Sacramento would be hilarious. Harrison Barnes on Atlanta wouldn't work. I'd be all right with that. And also John Collins. I mean, you've got DeAndre Hannah ready to basically just play the full-time four for them as well. So, tricky. I also reckon just get John Collins on a team where he can eat, and away he goes. He's a good player. Malcolm Brogdon. There's another bloke who's already packed up his apartment. Uh, literally, I think everyone who's spoken to the Pacers have heard them say, hey, do you want, any, like, do you want to trade for Malcolm Brogdon? And it's like, yeah, cool. So the 37 games he plays a year, he'll be on our team. Great. <laughs> Brutal. Um, he's popped up on, like, you know, the radar for the Wizards, for the Knicks. Uh, and obviously, because you think about the teams in the late lottery, like the Wizards, the Knicks and Co., Charlotte, etc., they're all trying to move up into that sort of 4-5 spot, maybe. And uh, Pacers are sitting there at 6. It's like, well, we've got Brogdon as well. Do you, do you want to give us something and we could maybe move up? Who knows? Um, but you think about Brogdon on a team that just desperately needs a point guard, and you're like, Philly. <laughs> Jeez. But they've got no assets to go get him. Um, it's just some weird other things sort of floating out there for Brogdon. Miles Turner. I mean, the Miles Turner, DeAndre Ayton sort of vibe feels pretty good if you're Indy. Do you throw Brogdon in there at some point as well? Either way, Brogdon. He's just like, well, Tyrese Halliburton's here now. I'm uh, out of here. Speaking of Charlotte, Gordy Hayward, because uh, the Hornets fucked up and didn't get an extension for Miles Bridges done, it looks like Gordy Hayward's on the outer. He and his uh, cadre of a uh, extremely large family. Um, I feel like it'd be great for him to be back in Utah. Doesn't that just feel like it'd work? Anyway, they're uh, sort of floating around the Hayward name. Obviously, Rusty Westbrook and the uh, Lakers have been one of the hilarious destinations. You'd have to reroute Rusty, you reckon, if you're the uh, Hornets, but... Who knows what could happen, but Gordy Hayward uh, is the name that Charlotte are throwing out there the most because they do have to pay Miles Bridges. They've also got PJ Hamilton Washington they want to keep, maybe want to move him, depending on his value. They're also gauging the market on Terry Rose, Kelly Oubre Jr. Everyone's like, nah, we're good, thanks. Yeah, the market is fuck off. <laughs> I love that. And Mason Plumley as well. Hey, do you want to trade for Mason Plumley? No, we're good. <laughs> That's gauging the market, I guess. Love it. PJ Tucker declined his player option with the Heat, and uh, that's seven million bucks a year. You're like, wow, that's pretty good for a bloke who looked completely fucking cooked in the playoffs. Philly, hilariously, like, oh, we'll take him. And the uh, rumored numbers are three years, thirty million, which is fucking hilarious because Philly are also apparently after Eric Gordon. They're like, hey, Houston, do you want our number twenty-three pick for Eric Gordon, even though he's making a shit ton? 
Because Daryl Morey is apparently hell-bent on rebuilding the 2017 Rockets in 2022-2023. Uh, <laughs> it's like fucking Dad's Army at this point. Surround Embiid with a cast of mediocre shit blokes who couldn't make the finals back in their peaks. <laughs> oh, great job. Daryl Morey, does another front of us dude get more smoke blown up their ass? No. So I'll make a finals once, Daryl. Now we can fucking lord your brilliance, I reckon. Um... Because, yeah, they're trying to figure out how to get rid of Tobias Harris's contract. And uh, also, M- Matty T is now seemingly on the on the blocks. This is what happens as well, right? So, like, a new dude swans in, takes over all the players he didn't draft. He doesn't give a fuck, so they're suddenly on the block. Matty T is one of them. I also love that they, you know, trade off Matty T for PJ Tucker, um, a bloke who's older than God. Uh will decline precipitously, you assume, in the uh, course of the next couple of years for one of the best defensive wings in the NBA who literally just needs how to learn how to shoot a corner three and his value would skyrocket. So, I don't know, maybe put a bit more player development on Matty T and his uh, shooting stroke rather than go get PJ Tucker sixes. That's all I'm saying. Other news! Speaking of that, James Harden and the sixes. uh, Looks like he's heading towards opting into his $47 million contract the player option for next year, which seems smart. And then uh, probably extending because you can do like two years on top of that at a pretty big fucking number, obviously. And it seems like they're all kind of moving towards that happy middle ground where Harden gets a shit ton of money for probably only two to three years. And the Sixers aren't, you know, bending over fucking and just getting completely reamed by Harden and like paying a quarter of a billion on a max, max, max extension for 250. So... Feels pretty good about that. Uh, what else? Kyrie. He's spoken to LeBron reportedly, which is hilarious to me. Um, Woj had a big piece on ESPN about how Kyrie and the uh, interaction between he and the Nets front office at the moment, the contract talks could change Kevin Durant's long-term commitment to the Brooklyn Nets. Well, that's interesting. Considering he's under contract for four more years, how does it change it? You can't rewrite the contract, Kevin. But either way, uh, there's the talk about, well, maybe he could just go join the Lakers on the $6 million taxpayer exception. But yeah, cool. Point to me the first bloke who gave up instead of having his $36 million that he's making next year with the player option in Brooklyn. Just show me the last person who walked away from $30 million for no real reason. Good stuff. As uh, Lakers fan Tim pointed out on Tuesday's show, like, it just feels like this is just the back and forth that they're going to have with Kyrie, and then they'll settle on some mid-ground mid, mid, mid ground where he gets paid for three years with a player option at the end or something, and away we go. Um, other news, what else we got? Paddy Connaughton picked up his $5.7 million option. Love that. Good on you, Paddy Connaughton. John Wall picked up his because, of course, you would. I mean, any time you're like, well, geez, I could uh, either get the 40... What was it? The 40... <laughs> 47 this year, $47.5 million this year, or nothing. Ah, I think I'll take the $47 million. thanks. Yeah. And last little bit of news before we get into all the mock draft bullshittery and the uh, five interesting trades I want to see. Mike D'Antoni met with MJ. Pretty neat. Uh, he was obviously the only other finalist for the Charlotte head coaching job because the Hornets are about to go into a goddamn draft tomorrow. Without a coach, because Kenny Atkinson fucked him around and told him to get <laughs> suck my D. I'm going to keep winning rings with Golden State. 
I love it. And uh, so I always thought the sort of best of both worlds, Kenny Atkinson, Mike D'Antoni for Charlotte, a young, fun team. Like, let LaMelo cook. Let LaMelo turn into Harden 2.0 under Mike D'Antoni, and away we go. Kenny Atkinson also would have made them a really fun team. But Mike D'Antoni, look, you just got to try to get that done and go, hey, Mike, who should we uh, draft tomorrow? We've got two picks. We've got 13 and 15, Mike. Who? Do, what do you reckon? What do you reckon works? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'll tell you tomorrow. <laughs> My price just went up, dickheads. <laughs> I love it. All right, uh, I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be back with the five interesting trades I want to see before the draft, and then we'll do our mock draft, you little ripper. Right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, so before tomorrow's draft, look, you know, it's great times. We've got Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant already off to Portland. Uh, five interesting trades I want to see in just the next little bit of time, even leading up into free agency, who knows. We talked about a bunch of the off-season questions with uh, Tim on Tuesday. You know, Kyrie, Harden, Utah, what does Danny do? Does Danny do Donny or does Danny do Rudy? What's Danny do? Danny's going to do something, we know that. Uh, what will the Knicks do? Because they're always going to do something fucking crazy. Zach Levine, Jalen Brunson, Brad Beal, Suns and Aiton, Lakers. Oof, it's all up in the air. Fun times. Fun times. I'm excited. Five interesting trades I want to see. How about DeAndre Ayton to Atlanta? Let's go. John Collins has already packed his bags. John Collins and Kevin fucking quitter. Off to Phoenix. What do you reckon? $28 million worth of contracts. You just got to sign and trade Ayton. Away you go. Pack her up, boys. I love it. Trey Young and DeAndre Ayton hanging out together again. Draft, mates. And uh, away we go. I kind of feel like, well, the thing is, you've then got to uh, send Capella somewhere. So that leads to number two. How about D'Lo for Capella? That's right. We'll send D'Lo to Atlanta next to Trey Young, you reckon, Jimmy? No, I'll get to that in a second. Capella goes to Minnesota. We talked about this on Tuesday's show, how Carl uh, Anthony Towns, they're like, well, how about we put a proper five next to him? Capella's your man. D'Lo, he's a shit show. You all know my antipathy when it comes to D'Angelo Russell, having watched him sort of develop for a bunch of years there in Brooklyn. Uh, my entire vibe on D'Lo is, seems like a cool hang. Absolute fucking shit show of a hang on a basketball court, though. Because he just walks onto the court and goes, I am the best player here. And everyone's like, mm, are you, though? That's Carl Anthony Towns. Over here's Anthony Edwards. And they're just the blokes on your fucking team. Settle down, mate. And D'Lo's like, no, 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 guys, I got this. Clank, <laughs> clank. Three for 13 from downtown. Then, so with Capella in Minnesota and D'Lo off to Atlanta, that's the number two interesting trade I wouldn't mind seeing. How about we reroute D'Lo? And number 16, I think, Atlanta are drafting. Yeah, that sounds good. How about we send them? To the New York City Knickerbockers of New York City! Woo! D'Lo gets to be the point guard that was promised. <laughs> uh, Julius Randall's got to go somewhere. Why not send him to Atlanta? I think it'd be hilarious. You can uh, throw Kemba on there to make it work. And maybe if the Knicks... Uh, so the Knicks are getting back to number 16. Maybe they throw in the 11 as well as, as, well as Randall to get D'Lo. That feels a bit rich. I don't know, but the problem is I want to keep Obi Toppin. 
I'm starting Obi Toppin in place of Randall. I want a point guard if I'm the Knicks, right? If it be Kyrie, maybe if he goes, oh, actually, I want out of Brooklyn. I want to move across the uh, East River there and uh, just settle in Manhattan, my bro. But D'Lo, it just feels like it's not working there in Minnesota. Oh, but he and Kat are best mates. Cool, don't care. So D'Lo and 15 in New York for Randall and Kemba, maybe the 11, maybe a future first instead. Because I feel like the 11 is a little bit rich for me if I'm the Knicks taking on Atlanta's problem of D'Lo. And, uh, but at least you're getting off the Randall vibe, you know? Either way, that one works for me. Obviously, go bad to Chicago. Ooh, that's number four. Everyone's been talking about that for a little bit. It's one of those ones where it's not really been reported. Utah are being very close-lipped in typical Danny Ainge fashion. And Chicago, usually, you know, in the olden days, a leaky fucking ship they were. Obviously, the uh, the thoughts of everybody are, well, Vooch, you get Nikola Vucevic, you've got your replacement center if you're Utah. He doesn't play any defense, though. Yeah, great. Well, what are Utah going to do? Uh, and Patch Williams. Oh, Pat Williams. We call him Patch here. Everybody just kind of gets enamored with the vibe of like, that's fucking great for Chicago. They should do it. It's like, well, okay, why the fuck would Utah do it? It's like, well, you've got no wings to play any defense. Here's Pat Williams. All right. Oh, that's good. That's a good start. Pat Williams next to Donnie Mitchell. I feel like I can build around this. We've got Vooch. Bit of a placeholder, a floor-stretching big that opens it up for Donnie Mitchell. Actually, now I'm not so... I'm feeling this a little bit. How's your defense, man? Well, this is it. If they can just get one slightly rangy extra wing who can play up a little bit, I'd feel much better about it. But if you're going to stick around with Donnie Mitchell, you want to get Pat Williams, you want to get a center who can space the floor, fuck, it actually kind of works. So... I kind of like it. Go better, Chicago. Obviously, for the Chicago side of things, if you've got a defense where you've got Caruso, Alonzo, you keep Levine, you keep DeMar, and you've got Gobert manning the floor with actual wings who can play a fucking hint of defense, holy shit. Gobert would be in just fucking paradise. A couple of point guards, a couple of guards who can actually throw a lob to him. Holy shit, he'd be off his mind, the Frenchman. Number five. This is the good one. Oh, Jimmy, those ones are pretty good, man. Nah, this is better. I love it. I like that D-Lo to Atlanta and then ship him off to New York. Fuck, that's good. Anyway, uh, Kyrie. Jimmy, you just said a bunch of shit about Kyrie. Yep, Kyrie Irving to LA. What? He's best mates with LeBron. How about Rusty Westbrook? Is rerouted to OKC. Oh, jeez, Jimmy, what a what a Brooklyn get then if they're signing and traded Kyrie and Russell goes to OKC. They send Kevin Durant back to Oklahoma City. Woo! In return for Shy Redder, Gildas Alexander, Gids, and the number two pick. Boom. Brooklyn blow it the fuck up. They get Chet, they get Shy, and they get Gids, and they start anew, which is what they should have done in the first... Oh, we need to make a splash, man. We're moving into Brooklyn, man. Man, and no one's going to pay attention unless we make a big splash. How'd that fucking work twice? Three times? Jesus. Not great, bro. <laughs> That's how it worked. Go get shy. Go get the number two. Get kids. That's right, the Oklahoma City Nets in Brooklyn. But we get Russ and KD back in OKC, and we get Kyrie and LeBron in LA. This is fucking perfect. Just do it. Call it into Adam Silver. In fact, Adam Silver should be calling these teams going, I've got an idea for you, dickheads. (laughs) Do this. And they're like, all right, if you say, Adam. Or the flip side is the one I talked about with uh, Tim the other day. Brad Beal, sign and trade, extended. 
Um, Kyrie extension as well. Boom. Just give him the switcheroo. You know? Or just do it right now so I think both teams can then work out the uh, contract details with their current then players. But Beal next to KD, I kind of love that. Especially with Ben Simmons running your point for you. Kyrie, he's got his own sort of new crew there in Washington. As I mentioned to Tim on Tuesday, he'd become a lobbyist. He can further his uh, social justice agenda. <laughs> Much easier. Have old fucking Joe Biden on the blower. Hey, Joe, what about this? Is this fucking Kyrie again? Anyway, there you go. There's five. Um, There's also some other ones. I mean, we're going to see so much movement ahead of the draft tomorrow, so this is all going to be dumb. Uh, but obviously, you've got between Sacramento, Detroit, and Indy at 4-5-6, right, in the draft, and so many different teams wanting to move up to, like, one of those spots, especially four, obviously, Sacramento, where Sacramento is sitting there, like, just very clearly – very clearly staring down the barrel go, well, nah, but maybe maybe we will take uh, Jaden Ivey. Maybe we shall. And everyone's like, you're not gonna. <laughs> you're just not gonna. And uh, because you've already got, what are you going to do? Pick another fucking point guard five years straight? What are you doing? So I think there's obviously a, a deal to be made there. You've obviously got the Knicks uh, floating around their vibes. Maybe they flip something into they flip number eleven and Obi Toppin into something else that they can then flip into the number four. I just want to keep Obi Toppin. I want to move Julius Randle from the Knicks. Obviously, that's the obvious thing you should be doing. But um, I feel like there'll be lots of movement. I think that four, five, six spot between Sacramento, Detroit, and Indy, something's going to happen. You know, something's going to happen. And then you got Washington at ten. And the Knicks at eleven. But even then, you've still got like just lunatics. In Portland and New Orleans at 7 and 8. And who knows what the fuck could happen there. Portland could just go, we really don't want to take this number 7 pick. So we really want OG Ananobi. Boom, suddenly like Toronto are up there like with the number 7 pick. Who knows? Maybe they flip that as well. Maybe New Orleans are moving up. Maybe they're moving back. Who knows? I love it. I'm excited either way. Which sort of throws the entire uh, mock draft into a bit of a flux. But look, we'll do uh, a very quick break. I'm going to keep drinking this coffee. That's why I keep taking these breaks. Jesus. I spent the entire day with the squid yesterday. It wiped me the fuck out. I feel like, you know, I had like a little bit of a cold while we are doing this. It was like, ugh, just feeling a bit gross. But turned it around today. We're feeling good. Uh, so we'll be back with this, you know, the mock draft and some draft thoughts right after, I reckon, this one. This is Nick K, and you'll listen to NBA Australia. All right, let's do it. Let's do some draft talk. So when it comes to the NBA draft, because I'm so day in, day out uh, doing the NBA, because it is a daily NBA show, who do NBA Australia? We're talking about NBA players every single day. So I mentioned to Tim on Tuesday, I probably watched a little bit more college than I had in the past, caught a you know, fair amount of Chet Holmgren, bit of Paolo, bit of Jabari. And uh, because it's sort of... From the very get-go, as soon as Paolo started uh, coming on there in Duke, and then Jabari just came sort of flying out of fucking nowhere. It's like, holy shit. It became a bit interesting. But the thing is, I mean, <laughs> the best part is none of them feel like absolute home run smashes, do they? Like Jabari, as I said the other day, it's like, cool, you just drafted Rashad Lewis 2.0. I could shoot it from anywhere. 
He loves to play defense, yeah, but is any good? Can he dribble? <laughs> like, there's also the vibe that he could be just like a really fucking tall Clay Thompson. You're like, shit, that's not actually too bad. Clay doesn't need to dribble, but at the same time, is that what you're going to use the number one pick on? Where you've got Chet, who on one hand looks like Poku 2.0, it could also just be like super fucking skinny white Brandon Ingram. <laughs> like, can do everything. Defensively, we've never seen anything like him as well. Just fucking twig man. I love it. I think his uh, nickname is officially going to be the Skin Rat, doesn't it? Absolute fucking Skin Rat, that Chet Holmgren. Uh, but the thing is, the upside on him is absolutely chaos. Like, you could see him, like, just skinny Jokic, you know? But better defensively, as that offensive game grows, his passing ability is fucking psycho. And it was, oh, he's too skinny. He's too skinny. Yeah. You know what he's not going to be when he's 24? Skinny. He'll be a little bit skinny. You know what he's going to be when he's 27? Not skinny. <laughs> he's going to put on some weight. But at the same time, like, with his frame, as long as he sort of puts it on in the right way and at the right speed, he'll be fine. I kind of like it. And then Paolo, though. Old stretched out Pat Mahomes. The Paolo thing feels to me... You saw the shortening of the odds about him going number one throughout this week. And for me, I'm just like looking and going, yeah, it's because he looks like an actual NBA player already. More so than Jabari and Chet. Whereas like, oh, well, they look like they could be awesome. You're like, well, Paolo just very, very clearly has the skill set of a uh, ready-made NBA player. So you sort of walk out of this going, all right, cool. This is going to be fun. And I think the big problem with this draft as well is that we had legitimately bad teams winning the lottery. Like, what do we have? Like, we had, out of the top 10, we had, what, one team in the Pelicans who are actually half decent. The Spurs who are looking to get decent, and everyone else is just kind of shit. <laughs> so, it's a bit of a worry. Um, and it's also why it's hard to get, like, super excited about some of the uh, the draft picks this year because you're like, well, it's kind of neat, it's kind of cool, but you don't have that one team that's somehow lucked up uh, it's like on the verge of contending that this could be the piece that puts them over the top. But either way, uh, I love the top three picks just for way different reasons. I think Jabari could be incredible. I think Chet could be incredible. I think Paolo could be incredible. I also think that Jabari and Chet could also be not that incredible and Paolo could still be pretty bloody good, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like I land on Paolo a lot, but I still kind of like Chet more than any of them. So with that in mind, we've got Dyson Daniels, the Aussie. I cannot wait, cannot wait to see him playing basketball again because, like, when you've watched him in the G League, you're like, ah, it's pretty good. He can't shoot. That's a bit of a problem. And everyone's raving now how his uh, shot has come along. So let's do it. The NBA Australia 2022 Mock Draft. Number one, the Orlando Magic. It feels like it's been, like, the one, two, three of Chet Palo. Sorry, Jabari Chet Paolo has been uh, sort of sitting there like that for a little while now. But what do we know about the NBA draft? It never goes the way you quite expect. It has for the last few years. <laughs> but that's also because, I mean, it until Toronto took Scotty Barnes ahead of Jalen Suggs last year. and uh, But Jabari on Orlando, it does feel like Orlando have just got to look at him just salivating. Because you look at Jabari Smith, you go, he's fucking huge. He can shoot the shit out of it, and that's all we've ever wanted on Orlando. (laughs) 
We've got Mo Bamba. It's basically a better version of Mo Bamba that we're looking at. I kind of feel like they land on Jabari. If I were them, I'd go Chet, you know? So my actual pick there, I think, would be Chet Holmgren because I'm like, I feel like his upside is just an absolute fucking game changer for your team. Is wild, right? And like, you've got a pretty good set. We've talked about this throughout the year, how a lot, there's like no real actual just bullshit teams in the NBA at the moment, right? Like Houston probably come pretty close, but they've still got Jalen Green. They've still got Shengun. KPG's, uh, KPG's no good, but either way, you add like a Paolo Benchero to that though, and they suddenly they're a bit more interesting. Whereas Orlando just have some dudes. Wendell, Mo Bamba, Mo Wagner, Franz Wagner, hello. Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, they've just got a set of dudes. They just need that centerpiece. And I feel like if I was Orlando, I'd like roll the dice, go, fuck it, Chet's the centerpiece. But I still think they go Jabari. Number two, if uh, Jabari's got number one, okay, see, I'm taking Chet. Put him next to Shireta Gilgis Alexander and Josh Giddy. Boom. Away you go. That's your future set. Uh, I guess if uh, your man... If uh, in in my draft here, if I'd taken Chet number one, if I'm Orlando, then I'd take Jabari Smith if I'm OKC. And then Houston, obviously, land with Paolo in uh, both circumstances. So I kind of like it because Houston, Paolo is like the dude who just sort of knits it all together for you. Next to Jalen Green, you go, right, we've got Jalen Green, we've got Paolo. What's it going to be? We don't know, but we're going to hope that it's good. Uh, number four, Sacramento, the Jaden Ivy's the obviously one there. And uh, the tricky part is like, He's probably the fourth best player on it, but are Sacramento going to be drafting there? And if not, I still think Ivy goes. If Sacramento are there, it's a little bit trickier because they can go, well, we don't need a guard. It's like, don't draft for fucking fit. Draft the best player. And if Ivy's the best player, you should draft him. But Sacramento, would, without fail, fuck that up. Uh, but at Ivy at number four, Detroit at number five. Now, this is a tricky one for me. <clears throat> kind of love it. Benny Matherin. I feel like his fit next to Cade Cunningham, next to Big Deke Bay, kind of works. But at the same time, so does Keegan Murray. But I've got Benny Matherin going five because at number six, Keegan Murray is the most indie player who's ever indied to not actually be an indie. Have you heard this guy talk? I know, man, I know. It's like, yep, you're a pacer. <laughs> Lock it in. He's such a weird forward who can just put up stats, and it's like, yeah, he was built to be on this indie team next to Miles Turner, I think. Um, number seven is like, so everyone's like, oh, well, the draft starts at four. Yeah, it does. But really, that Ivy, Matherin, Murray trio could go in any direction, but also then Shaden Sharp, Dyson Daniels. After that, who knows what could happen. So I've got Shaden Sharp at seven going to Portland. This is the dude who didn't play last year. But his workouts have been fucking explosive and awesome. Everyone loves him. And Portland are kind of in the weird spot where it's like, wow, you know, we've got Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant. We've got Dame. We've got Nurk. We can bring along, you know, we've got Simons. We've got Nasir. They still have Nasir? I don't know. Um, (laughs) But they've got Simons. Shaden Sharp might be just that extra dude, that extra wing that could put him over the top if it works. So I kind of like that. The thing is, if I was Portland... I'd actually be looking at Jeremy Sochan, right? Just because that dude just does all the winning shit. The problem is you've just traded for Jeremy Grant. So I don't know if that'd work, but my pick there would be uh, Sochan. Number eight, give me Dyson Daniels for New Orleans. 
What a great fit. That's right. The Pelicans going, wow, shit. We've got CJ McCollum. We've got Spindles Ingram. Ostensibly, we've got Zion. Uh, we could use, you know, a pretty big, awesome guard So who can actually play a fucking lick of defense. So off you go. Dyson Daniels, step up, please. Please, Dyson Daniels. I love him. And if he can shoot now, then he's laughing. So he next to, uh, I don't know, that weird array that they've got in New Orleans would be fucking great. I kind of love that. So give me Dyson Daniels on the pals. Let's do it. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Dyson Daniels, number eight. It also worked pretty well in Portland, but I think Portland with Simons, with Dame, he might just get like a pushed aside a little bit. Whereas in New Orleans, he might get a bit of a chance to shine. Number nine, San Antonio. Pick there, the Spurs. Tricky pick and tricky spot for the uh, the Spurs because you look at their roster and you look think about their needs. Usman Dang, so, you know, erstwhile New Zealand breaker, has been rising and rising and rising up these uh, draft boards. And I kind of feel like the Spurs would look at him and go, yeah, we can make him fucking awesome. We're not exactly playing for next year, so let's have a crack. And so Deng's the pick there. Number 10, I've got the Wizards. Look, if Shaden Sharp uh, doesn't go to Portland, I think he's like the most wizardy of wizard dudes, either he or Johnny Davis. So I've got uh, Shaden Sharp, if he doesn't go to Portland. If he does, then the Wizards are sort of sitting there going, shit, what do we do? Do we go Johnny Davis? Do we go Sochan if uh, per Jimmy's board that he's uh, not there, but on this board he is. And I feel like they land on like a big dude, Jalen Duran. Why not? The Wizards probably have enough of the sort of KCP, Kuzma, uh, Rui, Hachimura kind of dudes. They kind of need a guard though outside of Brad Beal who can also handle the rock, but... I don't know. There's no real sort of leap out guard dudes unless you want to get weird and take Johnny Davis there. So I've gone with their big man, uh, Jalen Duran. Why not give them a little bit of a centerpiece as well on that defense? Maybe. I just can't have them taking another wing unless they want to deal Beal and away you go. But that's why they uh, you know, could also make the Kyrie trade, I'm saying. Johnny Davis, the most Nick of Nick, 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 Nick picks. Get your scorers out there. Off you go, Nick's. Number 12. This is where Sochan actually lands in this one for OKC. Talk about a knit-together dude who can't shoot. Might be a bit of a problem next to Gids. But they've already turned Dort into a shooter. They'll probably turn Gids into a shooter. And they'll probably turn Sochan into a shooter. And Sochan does everything else that OKC need. Uh, number 13, Charlotte. Agbaji, I just Charlotte just need a couple of wings who don't fucking suck and can actually stay out there. you got Bridges. you got Washington. Uh, you've got Lamelo. Give me Agbaji just to get out there and like run with Lamelo. I'm loving it. Uh, 14, Cleveland. Oh, geez, Cleveland. Cleveland! Are on the clock. AJ Griffin. Speaking of which, they've got a couple of bigs already. They've got the Sex Man. They've got Darius Rucker, Judy Garland. They just need one, one bloody wing that works. And Cleveland at 14, uh, so they're sandwiched by Charlotte. So Charlotte are taking uh, Mark Williams. Look, I think I've got Mark Williams going 15 for Charlotte, so that's the big man. Because Charlotte obviously just need a fucking center. They don't have – they never have one. It's crazy. Plumley, awesome. 
But I think Charlotte are like looking at Cleveland going, well, they're not going to pick a fucking big man. Cleveland smartly would then go, well, we'll trade this fucking pick <laughs> and we'll take uh, whoever you don't take as a uh, wing and we're all good. So that's why I have uh, Charlotte picking Mark Williams 15. AJ Griffin 14, though. Like Cleveland just need help on the wings. 16 Atlanta. This is one of the weird ones for me. It was uh, Jaden Hardy. So the G League guy who kind of sucked. But at the same time, Atlanta, I mean, why not just throw him in there, see what he can do? They seem to just want to bury young dudes anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, he's like the 6'4 guard. It's like, let's just go. Just off you go, Atlanta. Why the fuck not? He might, he's got a little bit of that pedigree. At the same time, I kind of like, so Houston then take Jalen Williams next to 17. I kind of like Jalen Williams more in Atlanta than I do. So maybe I'll switch them. Yeah, let's move Hardy out of there. Yeah, so Atlanta take uh, Jalen Williams. Houston can't take Jalen Williams anyway. They've got too many Jalens anyway, so they'll take a Jaden. That'll make it different. At 17, so Atlanta get a long, stretchy Jalen Williams. I like that spot a lot, actually, for him now. Uh, because he might actually already be gone by then, but this is just my spot. It's just a wing dude who can shoot a little bit and can play a bit of D, you know? So give me Jalen Williams. If you're the Atlanta Hawks, Kakar, Houston then take Jaden Hardy because what the fuck else are they going to do? <laughs> Playing for upside at this point. Chicago, take a big man, Walker Kessler. Why the fuck not? Minnesota were shitting themselves, going, ah, oh, fuck, we were going to take Kessler. They get stuck with Malachi Branham, who I actually like a bit, and then that means you can then uh, look at trading uh, Malik Beasley because it feels like they're pretty fucking similar players, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Give me Malachi Branham for Minnesota at 19. At 20, we've got the Spurs, Nikola Jovic. That's right. Not Nikola Jokic, Jovic. Love it. It's very Spursy to do that. The Spurs, look, the Spurs have got three picks. I can guarantee there's going to be like one or two that are just like stashed somewhere. Jovic feels like a good one there. 21, Denver, Blake Wesley. Uh, pretty interesting sort of player as well, Blake Wesley, because... He's like the sort of slashing kind of biggie wing-ish kind of, I don't know. He's pretty early in his developmental sort of stuff. And I feel like Denver really just sort of need one more of those bigger kind of wings, you know? Behind Will the Thrill, Barton and co. Wesley feels like a good spot. 21, uh, feels like a good spot for him. 22, Memphis, Ty Ty Washington. They just need another guard back there behind Jar. If Tyus Jones bounces, Ty Ty's right there. Why not? EJ Little goes to Philly at 23. It's such a good fit. It's ridiculous. They just need a big man who can do a little bit of something, something. EJ Little does exactly that. Fits in perfectly behind Tobias Harris. There's a big off the bench. EJ Little to Philly at 23. 24. Wendell Moore Jr. That's right. Over on Millie Walk A. It's Algonquin for the good land. Give me Wendell Moore Jr. to Milwaukee. It's like one of those weird ones where the Bucks just never actually sort of seemingly take their dudes. But like this is a wing. Uh, he's already 20, I guess. Throw him out there. He's from Duke. Duke. And I kind of like him. So he's not a massive scorer, but he moves the ball. That's what it's all about. Especially coming off the bench for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Dalen Terry to the San Antonio Spurs at 25. Uh, Terry's an interesting one as well. Uh, the Arizona sort of dude, he kind of can do just a little bit of stuff. 
He needs to be, I don't know, developed a lot. And San Antonio, look, they can do that. They've got about eight dudes like that already on their roster. I'm looking at you, Lonnie Walker. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Devin Vassell. But Dale and Terry, why the fuck not? Go San Antonio. 26, Houston, Terry Eason. Uh, Terry Eason's a fascinating player. And it's it'll be hilarious to see Eason sort of land on a team like uh, Houston because you've already got a bunch of sort of boneheady sort of dudes in there. And sort of very disruptive is Eason. Can cause a little ha- little bit of havoc. He's already 21. But uh, I don't know. Physically pretty crazy, pretty fun. Not much of an offensive game. So Houston, best of luck with that. Miami 27, Bryce McGowan. Uh, just another fun guard for them. I actually kind of do need that. Just another one. Depending on what Victor Oladipo does. Uh, Golden State. Jake LaRavia, uh, just another sort of dude to, I don't know, develop in their system because he's a fascinating sort of dude. Talk about just moving the ball. That's what he does. That's what Jake LaRavia does. Uh, What else we got? Kennedy Chandler to Memphis with 29. Just a pretty fun guard. And Marjon Beauchamp for Denver at 30. Why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? Um... In terms of, uh, I don't know, second rounders, Christian's Coloco. I don't know. There's a few other ones sort of floating around, but there you go. That's the entire first round. So Orlando, Jabari Smith, Houston. Oh, sorry. Orlando, Jamari Smith, OKC, Chet Holmgren, Paolo to Houston, Jaden Ivey to Sacramento, Benny Matherin to Detroit, Keegan Murray to Indy, the most indie player there, Shaden Sharp off to Portland, Dyson fucking Daniels off to the Pally Cans. Don't be a Pally. can Usman Dang to the San Antonio Bandera Spurs at nine. Wizards take Jalen Duran as a big man in the middle. Johnny Davis goes to New York, instantly becomes a legend. OKC take Jeremy Sochan at 12. Charlotte, Agbaji at 13. Ochai Agbaji, I just kind of love him. Uh, AJ Griffin to Cleveland. Cleveland! At 14. Mark Williams to Charlotte at 15. We're going back-to-back Williams with Jalen Williams to Atlanta. Houston, Jaden Hardy. Every third dude is a Jalen or a Jaden in this fucking draft. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Chicago, take a big man, Walker Kessler. Minnesota, Malachi Branham. Bye, Malik Beasley. Spurs, Nikola Jovic. Denver, Blake Wesley. Memphis, Ty Ty Washington. Philly, EJ Little. Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Warrendale, Moore Jr. Dale and Terry goes to San Antonio, 25. 26 is Houston, Tari Eason. 27, Miami, Bryce McGowan. 28, Golden State, Jake LaRavia. 29, Memphis, Kennedy Chandler. And Denver. Marjon Beauchamp at 30. And there you go. That's the uh, Jimmy Know Nothing mock draft for 2022. We'll see how many we hit. Exciting times. <clears throat> the most ones I'm excited for are like what Charlotte do with their 13 and 15. Because that just rosters just such a weird mess at the moment. Uh, obviously what happens in that four through eight spot, Sacramento, Detroit, Indy, Portland, New Orleans. It's also funny because it's all just like a bunch of small market teams. Because then, actually, then you got the Spurs as well. They're at nine, and uh, like this is the thing. Like without any of those huge, big contender, big market dudes up the top, it feels like the draft sort of does like that sort of uh, papow. But either way, it's going to be fascinating. Cannot wait. We'll see how we go with the mock draft, and I'll uh, we'll take a quick break now and be back with some Yenars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington. 
or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. 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 All right, let's do some yenars. Brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Go get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Listen to the man. Come on. I've got a, uh, a few boxes there they're going to pack up and uh, get out of the house while we reno. So help a brother out. Buy a T-shirt so I don't have to pack it back up. <laughs> Go do that at nbaaustralia.com slash shop or just any of the links on the socials. Nice pictures on the socials. Right. Let's do some Yenars. We've only got a couple here. Uh, Matty Owens, Kangaroo Kobe, back to the NBA. Yeah, nah. I mean, yeah. So, Dante Exum's season with Barcelona comes to a close. They don't win at all, but uh, I feel like he showed enough that he can stay healthy, uh, that he's got a bit of pep in his step, and he really acclimatized, I think, in Barcelona by the end of it as well. So, I feel like an NBA team should be casting around and just going, yeah, fuck it. Dude's got talent. Let's throw him out there and see how we go. It's always tricky, though. Like, that won't happen until probably just before the season because this is, like, the time of year where everyone talks themselves into, well, basically, this guy that we're going to get at pick number 24 is going to be fucking amazing. And, yeah, that doesn't wear off until closer to the start of the season. After summer league, after scrimmages, etc., and we're like, fuck, we need some veteran help. So... But Kangaroo Kobe will be back in the NBA. Uh, Matty, I was also asked, gaze over Paddy for episode 1000? Yeah, nah. Well, yeah, I mean, Paddy's the obviously like the uh, the white whale, right? That's my, as Ahab, <laughs> chasing uh, to get Paddy on the show. But uh, like Gazy, I think, would also uh, would be a great, great spot on this show. Just saying. Just, you know, do all things uh, Gazy and chat it all up. Fucking love Gazy. Old mate was actually behind him in a fucking line to the jump on the plane the other day. I'm like, how did you not book him on the show? What are you doing? I didn't I didn't yell at her because that's a bit mean. That was a joke. <laughs> I'm like, you didn't even just go, hey, here's this NBA Australia sticker that I always have in my bag. Anyway, uh, last little year, nah, is Chris Anstey being uh, recognized for being a legit legend in terms of... Uh, the actual, you know, Hall of Fame, the Australian Basketball Hall of Fame, well past time. Yeah, nah, fuck yes. I was stoked to see that he uh, was uh, finally, finally chucked up there as an inductee into the Australian Basketball Hall of Fame. Exciting times. That's fucking gnarly. Massive congrats to Big Chris Anstey, friend of the program, recurring guest. We love him on here. Uh, so it was good to see him get a bit of love from the Hall of Fame. That's fucking gnarly. Love it. All right, quick unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me, look at me. Uh, look at me, look at me, look at me. Unpopular opinion of the do. The draft. I love the draft. You know that. I love going to the draft. I love watching the draft. We're going to stream some of the draft tomorrow. It's like the second best day of the season for me behind opening day. Because opening day, you have literally an entire NBA season ahead of you. But the draft is great. You've got trades happening. It's chaos. You've got hope. Every team thinks that they're just on the cusp of doing something special. It's fucking amazing. At the same time. At the same time, I absolutely love every year how just like the draft um, infrastructure and the draft avalanche just hits. And it's like, oh, well, basically, he's a combination of Michael Jordan and Wilt Chamberlain. 
It's like every player is fucking awesome. It's like, all right, at best, we've got like a 50% hit rate on these dudes staying in the NBA past that first contract. So um, I do love the draft. I think the draft analysis, as you might have told from my mock draft, can be a little bit fucking over the top. (laughs) I'm just saying. That said, time for our back takeouts. It's Thursday, now back, and now that means, oh yeah, two for one blooming onions. That's right, no prick in Australia knows what the fuck this thing is. What is it, a deep fried onion? Isn't that just an onion ring? Wait, what are you? What have you done? Fuck, it looks like a flower. That's, oh, I get it now, blooming onion. You fucking lunatic yanks. You just wanted more surface area to fucking deep fry, didn't you, you fat bastards? There you go, no prick in Australia knows what the fuck this thing is. I love it. Two for one, blooming onions only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill take is... In five years, Dyson Daniels will not only be the best thing to come out of Bendigo ever, he'll also be the best player out of this NBA draft. Only an outback. Love it. Uh, right. No more breaks. Let's just go straight through. Uh, the Petty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter Inspiration Board. Uh, Jingles' Twitter has been a bit inspirational of late because all Jingles does is just sort of uh, shoot down <laughs> dorks <laughs> and losers and... Uh, Tweet coffee emojis. He's just having a great time in Melbourne. Um, he also, you know, ragged Bogut. I enjoyed that. So Lauren Jackson obviously coming back for the Opals is fucking amazing. Um, I tweeted out, they're like, that's fucking hardcore. She's 41. I love the fact, like, so anytime anything happens with Lauren Jackson, I'm just in awe because she's already the GOAT. She's fucking incredible. She's amazing. Actually, that's not a bad 1,000th episode guest. Shit. Um, but, I mean, just you think about what she's done, what she's already achieved. She's 41. She's like, ah, fuck it. I'll just come back. And she's playing so well. It's like, ah, fuck it. Maybe I'll play for Australia again. Everyone's like, yeah, that's that's good because you're incredible. <laughs> I love it. I groan when I get off the couch. Lauren Jackson's still playing at a fucking high level and she's 41. It's amazing. Uh, and Jingles, anyway, he was like, ah, not too late, Bogut. <laughs> then coffee emoji, coffee emoji, coffee emoji. Um, and someone just replies, hey, I hope you are having a great day. And Jingles retweeted that saying, always having a great day. I need Jingles. But yeah, Jingles also had the let's fucking go Lauren Jackson goat prayer hands emoji tweet. I love that. And uh, there's the uh, one where we, he sort of did the bit of a drag on some dude named Josh. Hey, Joe, why did you make fun of things that you were going, that were going on with the Jazz so often after you were traded last year? The emoji game was wild. Jingles retweeted that saying, ah, laugh, cry laughing emoji, cry laughing emoji. If you're reading my tweets and thinking that deeply about them, you've way too much time on your hands. Enjoy your day. <laughs> <laughs> I need jingles. <laughs> All right. Let's do King Jimmy's five best, I think it's eight actual uh, draft bets. So after a season where we did it right in the end, um, basically what, 56%, 57%? I have to do the uh, final totals, but crushed it anyway. And um, I think we talked about game six, Warrior Celtics and in the wash-up of that, we uh, nailed a whole bunch of extra ones where Brown was the top point scorer over the points. Jalen Brown with three and five threes as well. Absolutely crushed it, so pretty happy with that. But the five best draft bets in my brain at the moment. I've got a couple here for you. Safety first, right? As we talked about in the mock draft, feels like the number, f- the top four is locked in pretty handily. Jabari, Chet, Paolo, Jaden Ivey. That's at a dollar eighty. That's how likely that feels to have those four in that order at only a dollar eighty. 
Feels like uh, everyone's like, oh, well, that's well, definitely what's going to happen. Tell you what, never happens like that. Apart from sometimes when it does. But I mean, we saw last year with Scotty Barnes going for. A bit crazy. I also like just shit getting a little bit weird. Houston going, ah, fuck it. We'll trade up to number one. Have our extra number one pick. Off you go. Uh, and then taking Paolo first. Chet going still number two. And Jabari going third to Orlando. So Orlando still get their guy at three. Then Jaden still goes fourth. That's at $11 to one. That's probably my favorite there. Uh, just because you're like, well, somebody trades up to get Paolo, whether it be Houston, whatever. Or maybe Orlando's all been a bit of a smoke stream and Paolo's ready to go. But the Paolo odds to go number one are not that crazy shit hot. So, but at the same time, this is like a bit of a back in to a Paolo number one bet because if he goes number one, then Chet's probably still going two. Jabari's probably going three and Jaden's still going four and that's an 11-1. So kind of like that. So you've got your safety of that usual order of Jabari, Chet, Paolo, Jaden. And then the uh, wonky one where it's Paolo, Chet, Jabari, Jaden. At 11. That's pretty good. Get a little bit weird. Dyson Daniels to go number six exactly is at $5.50. Jimmy, why six? Well, apparently Indy fucking loved his workout. So if they don't go for a big man and they ship out Malcolm Brogdon and they go, right, we like Tyrese Halliburton. We're going to play Dyson Daniels next to him and Crystal Duarte because we fucking love him. We want a bit more athleticism. That's at $5.50 for Dyson Daniels to go number six. His usual sort of over-under at the moment is seven and a half. So for him to go exactly six, I kind of like that at 550. Chet to go number one. But Jimmy, you just talked about Paolo and Jabari basically swipping and swapping. Yeah. Couldn't this all just be a bit of a smokescreen, though, for Orlando going, fuck it. You know who's the longest dude that we've got here? <laughs> Chet. He's got the most upside. We need that superstar. Let's get the superstar. Give me Chet. That's at $7.50 at the moment. Chet going number one. Kind of love it. Uh, Agbaji, I mentioned him earlier. Under 14 and a half. I've landed on that one pretty handily. Because I think he could go anywhere basically from like 9 through 14. I don't think he lasts past 14. So, uh, And some other ones. If you like that Chet going number one at $7.50, you can also jump on Chet, Jabari, Paolo, Jaden in that order at 10 to 1. Just saying. And uh, Jeremy Sochan, there's like a uh, late riser in your draft boards. He's under 11 and a half. At your even money, I'd jump on that too. So there's a few of Jimmy's best five to six to seven, eight <laughs> best draft bets. Uh, but Dyson Daniels, I mean, in terms of his actual specific, uh, I mean, he's obviously top 10 overall picks a dollar and a cent. So <laughs> it feels like he's going to go there. As the number seven overall pick is at $2.20. And in terms of his actual uh, draft position, the over-under at the moment is still, as mentioned, seven and a half. I still kind of really like him. It's tricky because the over seven and a half, obviously that means he's going eight, which is where I, oddly enough, had him going to New Orleans. I just kind of think that someone talks themselves into him ahead of someone like Shaden Sharp, perhaps. Uh, even Matherin, who's sort of been the early riser, and Matherin is now under over six and a half. I feel like Dyson Daniels might slip ahead of that, so I like the under there. Just saying. All right, and there you go. Draft tomorrow. Cannot wait. We'll be doing some stream stuff. Uh, so go check that out on Facey, Twitter, etc. We'll uh, stream some reactions. I don't even just do an entire thing because I fucking love the draft. <laughs> Get a couple of uh, Bloody Marys into me and away we go. Woo! Anyway, uh, so we'll wrap up 
the draft and everything tomorrow. That'll be fun. Uh, so make sure we're filling NBA Australia on Twitter, Face IGs, so you can watch the stream, see the uh, rest of the stuff. Uh, check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Adam with World Wrestling Australia. That's over on YouTube. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch, get your merch. Come on, help a brother. Uh, check us a rating and review on your podcast app. Go do that now. Come on. I don't ask for much. I don't have bogeys millions. I don't have a big corporation behind me. I'm just one dude yelling. <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, go do that. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. They're amazing. I love them. And uh, big thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear through the show. I'll be going to see Ramshackle Army this Saturday. At the Corner Hotel in Melbourne. They're playing with Area 7. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait for that. Uh, you might know Gaz from the NFL show. He's the singer of Ramshackle Army. They're fucking great. So I'm going to go soon. Got to support your mates. Uh, so smash all those bands on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands. So should you. Uh, we'll close out today's show with a really quick Delhi spoiler-free Delhi review of Kenobi. And we'll catch you tomorrow for the NBA Draft, you little beauty! Can't wait. All right. See you then, you dickheads. This is the NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosen. Okay, it's your mate Deli over here just swinging by from a usual pop culture review and shit, man. Because look, oh, I'll fucking tell you what, man. My Maggie's going alright. It's getting a bit fucking wonky there with my mate Dagoey. It's like, oh, come on, Dagoey, mate. Jordan, don't Dagoey to Bali. You'll fuck shit up, you idiot. And he's like out there grabbing boobs or whatever the fuck it looks like. And you're like, oh, bro. Good on you, Zay. Oh, <laughs> it's funny as. And then it all blows up. I'm like, oh, that's a bit bad. Yeah, he should have thought that one through, didn't he? Anyway, you don't see us doing that, do you, on your old uh, off-season, so, or even on our like, in-season breaks and shit. So I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm not going up to Maribor and smashing up the Park Hotel or nothing, so, yeah. Anyway, just think before you act, it was all I'm saying. Anyway, quick one for you today, because uh, we watched all that Kenobi. Mrs. she's like, fucking love Star Wars shit, I'm like, I fucking love Star Wars, let's watch this Kenobi and shit. So, watch it all, and you're like, look, no spoils or nothing, but fucking hell. How good was that last episode? It was sick. Like a fucking showdown. A couple of fucking moments where you're watching some characters do some shit. We're like, oh, that explains that. That's pretty fucking sick as. And uh, then, oh, fucking hell. There's like a bit of a rejoinder on the end with an old character. We're like, oh, didn't see that one coming. But we all kind of did a bit, didn't we? So, look, what I really appreciated the most about this one is that you really just... You know, got to revel in seeing Neil McGregor be Obi-Wan again, and that's fucking sick as because dude's a legend, great character, and, like, it sort of just, like, rams home some of the uh, stuff from, the, like, the original Star Wars trilogy and, like, the New Hope and shit. Well, like, Obi-Wan's out there looking after Luke out in the Tatooine Desert and shit, and then, you know, it just fills in some of the gaps. So I fucking loved it. So, look, it probably gets about, uh, I don't know, 742 out of 10 Daily ones for me because I just loved it. It just had me engrossed. Like I enjoyed like some of the extra villains, like that fucking prick with the big head. That was funny. He's like, "Look at me, big head. I've got a red lightsaber and I've got a big head." So all right, big head, what are you doing, big head? Hey! 
and that fucking Reva. She was a pretty good fucking other villain and shit. So, look, really enjoyed the series. Go check it out over on the Disneys and shit. And so, I fucking loved it. Not one for the kids, though. Nah, fucking the squid. He's like, nah, bro. Don't like this at all. <laughs> I'm going to go watch like Star Wars droids and shit again, bro. So, there you go. Fucking love Kenobi. Uh, go check it out. Tell us what you reckon. All right, later, fuckers. Dell out.